0: I've heard a lot of people talk about what happened in the Supreme Court yesterday. There is only one person I really trust, uh, who I think really knows, and uh, could also very well be the next Supreme Court justice. It's it's Mike Lee, senator from uh, Utah. He has clerked for, I think, two of the Supreme Court justices. One of them, I think, just passed away, but he's clerked for two of them. He knows these guys, and uh, he's going to give us his read on what happened yesterday with Supreme Court in
1: 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck program. It's the Christmas and holiday season, and that means it's time for gift giving, parties with friends and family. I think you're allowed out of the house now to see them, which is fantastic. Uh, if you want to look years younger, get compliments everywhere you go, you got to try GenuCell, the best in skincare. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package is 60% off at GenuCell.com. You can treat yourself or or a loved one uh, to the absolute best skincare in the world. You'll see issues like uh, drooping eyelids, forehead wrinkles, pesky bags, and puffiness. Even the sagging jawline can go away right before your eyes with GenuCell's classic collection. With its immediate effects, you're going to see results in 12 hours. Guaranteed. Or your money back. And also, you're going to be guaranteed to get your GenuCell in time for the holidays. So if you're looking for a present, you got all the supply chain issues going on. Well, this stuff's all made in the USA. You're going to get it in time. Order now. You get the complimentary spa package absolutely free at checkout. Chamonix World Class Microdermabrasion Treatment Cleanser and Toner make perfect stocking stuffers as well. Don't wait. Christmas is just around the corner. Go to GenuCell.com. Enter the special promo code beck thirty five for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. Go to genucel.com, the code is beck35. It's g e n u c e l.com code beck35.
0: So there's an amicus brief that was filed uh Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley uh as a friend of the court supporting this Mississippi law we wanted to get Mike Lee's thoughts on uh, what happened yesterday and where the court may be headed. Hi, Mike. Hello. Good to be with you. Yeah, good to have you. So tell me, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear. Look, there
2: were really strong arguments made yesterday. They made a, a great case against Roe and against Casey. At the end of the day, is I. Uh, pointed out in the front of the court brief that I submitted along with Senators Hawley and Cruz, there isn't a constitutional case to be made for Roe and Casey, nor is there a case for applying stare decisis and deferring to the court's own prior precedent here, because that precedent has proven so unworkable. Shoot, the, the lower court's, Uh, let alone the Supreme Court itself can't even agree on what Roe and Casey mean and what its outer bound limits are. And for that very reason, it it can't stand. But there's a reason for that. When you make something up out of whole cloth, when it has no foundation at all in the Constitution or in 500 years of Anglo-American jurisprudence, things are going to get really messed up. And that's exactly what has happened. I think yesterday a compelling case was made for the fact that Roe and Casey will be overruled and that the Mississippi law will be upheld.
0: So in your conclusion on this Amicus brief, you say the status quo is unattainable. Where legal doctrine has repeatedly failed to offer clarity, where it is proved unworkable in the past and will likely uh, engender unpredictable consequences in the future. Its existence constitutes an open invitation to judges to interpret it according to their own policy preferences, usurping the constitutional prerogatives of the legislature. Um, That actually, I think, is the the other side feels kind of the same way. That you can't have, you, you cannot um, have a halfway measure here. It's either all yeah. in or all out.
2: Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's right. And I think the answer has to be all in. And the reason, Glenn, is this is a legislative determination, it is not a judicial one. It's not rooted in the Constitution. And to be very, very clear, I, it's important to, to, to remind ourselves that overturning Roe and Casey does not mean that abortion would all of a sudden automatically be unlawful uh, throughout the United States of America. Doesn't make it illegal. Doesn't make it criminal. It simply says people can decide these things through their elected lawmakers. And the folks in Mississippi have decided that they want to protect unborn human life after 15 weeks of development, after the baby has developed eyelids and fingers and toes and the baby can suck her thumb. Uh, other states might decide to do differently. I suspect that the abortion laws in Massachusetts and New York, post overturning of Roe and Casey, would look different from those in Mississippi oh, yeah. or Utah.
0: I think, uh, Mike, I think they're going that's to... That's what we live in. That's our right. form of government. I think that we are looking at the... You know, because we're not going to limit it to 15 weeks. If this is overturned, Texas and Mississippi, they're going to say, no, no abortion here. But you're going to see the opposite in California and Massachusetts and and, uh, New York. You're going to see, yeah, well, maybe I can kill them after they're after they're born, because that's really where they're going. It's a death cult. And that's really where they're headed. That's what they want. And uh, I think you're going to see I think you're going to see some real. Um, crazy uh, but eye-opening decisions in states if this is overturned. Would you yeah. agree with that?
2: Yes, I, I think that's absolutely right. That's, that's how the Constitution works. People are allowed to enact foolish, crazy, ridiculous laws in their respective states. Uh, not every bad idea is unconstitutional. And no matter how bad their laws get in this area, it doesn't mean that they can't do it. Our constitutional structure is set up in such a way as to allow people to enact the laws that they deem appropriate, subject to certain limitations imposed on the states by the Constitution. As long as you don't transgress one of those, and, and, and abortion isn't on the list of things that states can't do in the Constitution, then you're okay.
0: So when you had, I think it was Kagan yesterday that said um you know there's lots of things now sotomayor there's a lot of things that are not in the constitution i actually cheered for that because they were going for what what specifically what right in the constitution is being violated and they couldn't really come up with one there was uh, they asked several times what is it that you're saying is constitutionally protected here Um, And Sotomayor came out and said, well, there's lots of things that aren't in the Constitution. Well, yes. Doesn't that make the case for Mississippi that it goes back, according to the 10th Amendment, to the people and the states?
2: Yes, that is absolutely uh, what it says. By the way, speaking of Justice Sotomayor, I thought she was very tone deaf on this Mm -hmm. and so many issues. One low light of the entire conversation was when Justice Sotomayor very offensively stated that a baby's reaction to painful stimuli in the womb does not necessarily indicate that the child, in fact, feels pain. And she referenced people in vegetative states that have some muscle movement, to painful stimulus. What the heck is that supposed to
0: mean? Hang on just a second. Let me play that cut. Cut cut 18 from Sotomayor. Here's what he's talking about. The literature is
2: filled with episodes of people who are completely and utterly brain dreaded, responding to stimuli. Um, it, there's about 40% of dead people who if you touch their feet, the foot will recoil. There are spontaneous acts by dead brain people. So I don't think that a response to uh by a fetus necessarily proves that there's a sensation of pain or that there's consciousness
0: well what what position a the the science will show that's not true follow the science i hate to say that um the science will show that's not true but what in her judicial role mike gives her thought that maybe that's a good constitutional point to throw out there
2: I I, I almost hesitate to answer the question because it's so gruesome. But I think she somehow thinks that unless a person is able to communicate with the world, if they are in a vegetative state or if they are, as she put it, dead brain people. I don't know what a dead brain person is. I assume she meant brain dead people uh, that, that, that they're not human life. See, that's that's the essence of what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with. Human beings who are deemed less than human. Glenn, bad things happen in any civilization. Bad things have happened in our civilization. Whenever we have allowed societies to treat some people as not human, that's exactly what's happening here. And they've made it up out of whole cloth. Look, we need to get back to the constitution here. And we need to allow elected lawmakers to make laws not nine lawyers dressed up in robes
0: I will tell you this mike that i really believe i, I read the, uh, an article that said pretty much the same thing today um from the federalist uh that the response will be in the end from the right mike lee that mike lee uh will be the next supreme court justice if this fails Um, We are so fed up with with, uh, you know, giving and, well, we're just going to trust and we didn't really know for sure. We want to know. We want to know. It's time to know. Uh, Do you believe that that is a constitutionally protected right or not? And if you say no, uh, it's not great. If you say, well, I'm not sure I wouldn't want to speak out about that. Goodbye. It's time to know that our Supreme Court justices understand the Constitution and read it the same way as the people who are electing the president to choose that person.
2: It would be a novel concept for us to know that it's especially important when you live in an era in which judges have taken upon themselves the mantle of lawmakers. I look forward to the day when that's no longer the case, but I want to be very clear. This is that case. This needs to happen now in this case, there isn't really going to be a better opportunity than this case. If they try to find a middle ground on this one, if they try to preserve Rowan Casey while upholding this law, it doesn't work. Why it's not going to work it, because we will be saddled with the same in firm foundations that we've had for 48 years. Look, uh, there were 19 years that passed between when Roe was decided in 1973 and Casey was decided in 1992. At the time that, was, uh, that, that decision was rendered, Justice Kennedy proclaimed for the court, oh, okay, the debate is finally over. We're finally putting this to rest. 19 years after Roe, 29 years have now elapsed since Casey to now. It hasn't been put to rest and it hasn't been because it's built on nothing and you can't take a debatable matter in society and render it beyond debate while quoting the Constitution unless what you're quoting from the Constitution actually supports what you say it does. This isn't going away. This case has to be decided, and that decision has to involve overturning Roe versus Wade.
0: Looking at their case on the other side fairly, from their perspective, can you find anything in what they say that ties to the Constitution? Not the way you read it, but the way they read it. Can you find, because I couldn't find it yesterday, and I think that uh, Thomas and others were like, where? What are we talking about? Can you find what they're saying is constitutionally protected? No, no, you can't find it. And, and
2: have there. they articulated and they anything? Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if they explain it. Now, very rarely, when you try to pin someone down, will they go through all the motions uh, to explain it. But if you did, if you could, for those who could go through the analysis, they couldn't do it without falling back on these really weird terms talking about emanations collectively overlapping and forming penumbras going out from freestanding existing constitutional protections that are themselves broad enough to cover privacy within the marital bedroom, extending to the killing of an unborn child. Those kinds of verbal gymnastics are what you have to go through, uh, adding inference upon inference based on language that's not even in the Constitution.
0: That's how they got to the Fifth Amendment. I think because I th- heard them quote the Fifth Amendment, I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's nothing in the Fifth Amendment that would even remotely cover abortion. <laughs> Is there? <laughs>
2: okay, so so they, they would have been more likely referring to the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. We're dealing with a state law here. The 14th Amendment's Due Process Clause deals with the state's. The Fifth Amendment's Due Process Clause deals with Congress, with the federal government. And so they they believe that it's an outgrowth of due process, therefore the 14th Amendment's version of, of the Due Process Clause. And that due process, when read in conjunction with other freestanding uh, protections in the Bill of Rights, uh, 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 it includes abortion because there are emanations from each of those freestanding protections. Uh, protections and uh-huh. those form penumbras of these shadowy things. I, it makes no sense. Look, when, when, my, when my twin boys, James and John, were in junior high, I required them to read Griswold versus Connecticut, which was the predecessor case to Roe versus Wade. I put them in different parts of the house. I wanted them to read it and just see what they thought. They could both recognize in junior high that this was made up, that this was like an, an insult to verbal gymnastics. These were contortions. They were deceptions.
0: Let me let me He's pretend I didn't know that. Acting as lawmakers. Let me pretend I didn't know that case by heart. What was the name of it again? <laughs> you had your sons read Connecticut. What is it?
2: Yes, Griswold versus Griswold versus Connecticut.
0: Okay, I'm going to uh, read that.
2: I, I'm sure this is discussed all the time at the dinner table. in the Oh book. yeah,
0: and I, my kids, uh, but, I had them read it. You know, but long before York, I had them read it in fourth grade. But that's a different story. Um, real quick, because I've got to go to a network break. But uh, Mike, how does this end? Do you think?
2: I believe it ends with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I think there will likely be five votes, possibly six, to overturn Roe and Casey. The Supreme Court, the nine justices alone, no staff, anyone else, will meet tomorrow afternoon in private to discuss the case. The case will then be more or less decided. We won't know what the outcome is until likely late June. Wow. So, Mike, if you're a praying person, I'd encourage you to pray for the court between now and tomorrow.
0: Thank you so much. God bless you, Mike. Thanks. Thank you. Senator Mike Lee uh, from Utah, and I hope someday a Supreme Court justice. Let American me tell you about American NMLS Financing. Www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. One of the things that you should value most in life is peace of mind, and that is really hard to come by these days. American Financing has been helping people just like you find financial peace of mind, helping you to do whatever it is you need to do, like lowering your rate, paying off debt, or financing a new home, guiding you through a straightforward mortgage experience without any pressure, no upfront fees no hidden fees this is american financing this is how they work for you not the bank be certain you're getting the best deal and the best service possible all you have to do is choose the right company to do business with and that is americanfinancing.net americanfinancing.net 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net 10 ten st- uh, 10 second station ID Okay, I I kind of frames things differently for me. I like the optimism I do too from Mike Lee. I hope And he's Mike right. is, Mike is not an optimistic guy when it comes to the Supreme Court usually. Yes. I mean, he's I've talked to him, you know, through Obamacare and everything else and he's like, "Look, this is what it says." but I don't think they're going. I don't, this is what should be done, but I don't think they're going to do
1: that. Well, this is, as he pointed out, the opportunity, right? This enti- I don't think my whole life uh, that I remember an opportunity like this. I mean, the Casey case was in the 90s and really the last chance to, to take this on just you know, full force. But this is a, a court that was, you know, actually seems to look at the Constitution and care about what's inside of it. And they don't mm. get everything right. But it's going that way. It's going that way. This is the first
0: real example where they could set something right. You know that mm. it, it's it's rare that you see something this big go back to the people, and that's that's all that we're arguing about here. Really, it's all the cases about. That's now. all this case is about. It's not about abortion. It's about. Who decides this philosophical buzzsaw? We don't like to talk about it because everybody has a different point of view. And that's what this case really is all about. Do these nine people have the right to make the decision about something so divisive as this where people don't really know Or should it be left into the hands as close to the people as possible? Because the people in New York might think something different than the people here in Texas. And I know the people in Texas think different thoughts than they do in California. And why should we have to live under the California kind of uh, mindset and have them rule over our conscience? And why why should Texans
1: have their conscience rule over the people that are living in New York. And that's the case they're making to the Supreme Court. Yes. That, I don't believe, is the correct principle in this particular matter. I think this is murder, so it's, <laughs> oh, so, it's so it's different. You don't get to make yeah. up your own state laws. but ah, that, We're going to allow
0: it. Right, but that is the argument that the is argument. in the front of the Supreme Court. It's not about abortion. Mm-hmm. It's about, do you get to decide, or these nine old people? This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's that time of year again, Christmas music is everywhere. Kids are writing up their wish lists. Of course, your car is taking a beating from the cold weather. This is the time of year that is the hardest on cars. And if your warranty has expired, you could be looking at spending a fortune, especially now if, God forbid, one of those chips go bad. I mean, I, I ordered air filters for my car. So I had air filters because air filters are hard to get now what What are you talking air filters so if something goes wrong with your car and it's part of the mess oh my gosh it's going to cost you a fortune just to cost you a fortune just in rental cars until yours can get fixed car shield is the best defense against costly repairs it could put a deep freeze on your plans and finances get to carshield.com slash Beck carshield.com slash Beck save 10% right now carshield.com slash Beck deductibles
1: may apply all right the code right now is Fauci lied if you use that you get 25 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash glenn
0: want to say hello to a very dear friend of mine uh somebody i have more respect for than almost anybody i know uh his name is edwin black uh he is the host of the podcast the edwin black show he is the author of ibm and the holocaust uh and a book that i am rereading right now the Farhood, uh which is everybody should read this book um it's phenomenal what you will learn about history that you had no idea um we talked about uh, having him on a few days ago um for the anniversary of and i'm going to butcher this edwin i'm sorry yam ha girush yam ha you you pronounced it perfectly okay you're such a good liar uh, well i i am not f- familiar with the day of expulsion can you tell me what what that is
3: Yes, the day of expulsion, Yom HaGirush, is actually a, a, commemoration, a commemoration day that I personally proclaimed and conceived. It denotes the sad tragedy of some 15 Arab countries publicly and prominently and in a coordinated fashion expelling some 850,000 of their Jewish residents, penniless and stateless, many of whom were forced by this move to be airlifted on an emergency basis to Israel. It was forgotten by many in the community. Uh, I resurrected it when I uh, brought the Farhood and the Arab Nazi Alliance to the fore. And uh, in 2014, the Israeli government decided that this would be a worldwide observance of this expulsion, but it had no no name. And the word Yom HaGirush means day of the expulsion. And in uh, conjunction with my colleagues, I was able to get identification and identity for this November 30th, for November 30th, which we just observed and forevermore as the day of regret when 850,000 Men, women, and children, many of whom their families had lived in uh, these countries for 2,700 years, were summarily expelled without a penny to their name and stateless and had to be rescued.
0: What year did this happen?
3: This happened. It, it was warned. It was on the front page of the New York Times. It was done in broad daylight. It was argued at the UN. This occurred just after the partition vote, uh, UN Resolution 181, that said there would be two states, a Jewish state and an Arab state. Now, at that time, the word Palestinian only meant a Jewish Zionist. In 1964, there was identity theft, and the Arabs in the area with the help of the kgb which had invented the palestine liberation organization expropriated the name palestinians and so this occurred just within five years of the world learning that six million jews had uh, been exterminated by the nazis and ironically the only international organization that helped the nazis in their persecution of the jews was the international Arab community through the Arab Higher Com- Committee, and that was led by the Mufti of Jerusalem, Al Husseini.
0: Edwin, I have to have you back in studio with me because we've we have uh, we've collected a few things um, from the Arab Nazis that are just phenomenal. I show it to people when they come by in a tour, and they're like, "Wait, wait, what?" Uh, And it's just the 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 history that is not taught, you will completely unlock the understanding of what's happening in the Middle East and be able to see good versus evil so clearly when you understand the pretty recent history of the Nazi influence uh, in uh, in the Middle East. Um, could you just let me change subjects here for just a second? Um, IBM and the Holocaust. You were on with me, I think, for a podcast, and we went over. Um, oh gosh, what was his name? the The guy from that was the head of IBM during World War Two. Watson. II. Watson. Jay Watson. Okay. Can you just quickly in two minutes tell the story? I mean, it's important to understand. Watson is the name of the IBM. Uh, computer that they are now using to diagnose people they this is going to be the replacement for your doctor and i believe it's a a, a good thing and b is going to happen um, but it will be able to look at all of disease and and everybody's records and be able to go that's probably what you have and it'll be much more accurate but it's called watson and what's terrifying about this is the arrogance of ibm and the people involved with this to call it watson because who was he edwin
3: well thomas j watson or first of all yes we need every medical advance and every medical automation that we can possibly invent but it doesn't need to be named for a sociopathic war criminal, Thomas J. Watson, who was a convicted extortionist before he ever came to IBM, and who personally micromanaged uh, the collaboration with the Third Reich that automated all six phases of the Holocaust. That's the identification of the Jews, the expulsion from society, the confiscation of their assets, their ghettoization, their deportation on trains, and even their extermination. My book, IBM and the Holocaust, just hit its 20th anniversary. Now, a comma has been changed. IBM, over the past two decades...
0: We've lost him? Are you there? No, oh, you're breaking up. You said after two decades, not a comma has changed, even though IBM has fought you no ibm has, has has been silent they have never talking, denied a single <laughs> their sentence. surrogates their surrogates in the press have fought you. oh yes, of, yeah. of course but but the book has
3: withstood the test of time yeah. not a single comma has been changed ibm has never privately or publicly denied any sentence within the book and remember thomas j watson received a medal from Adolf Hitler in in, in Berlin that was invented specifically to honor the single foreigner who was the most helpful to the Third Reich.
0: So it is really frightening because it's not just history that people don't know. And now this is what they're calling their medical um, uh, device at IBM named after him. He was instrumental uh, and knew, absolutely knew what was going on in the concentration camps. IBM people were repairing those things every two weeks. And Edwin has all of the documents in this book. Um, But it's also not just for history. It is for the future. Look at where look at how these giant information companies, Facebook, Google, uh, all of these companies are now working hand in hand and helping the Chinese round people up for their concentration camps. Nothing has happened. Nothing has changed. IBM and the Holocaust. Well, Google and the uh, internment of the Uyghurs. We know that's a genocide. They haven't changed because nobody's been ever held responsible for it. Am I wrong, Edwin? Uh, There is no question that
3: those who... uh, 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 state never again have been shocked to certify that never again is now and now means the Uyghurs the Uyghurs there's probably a million of of them have have been rounded up Uh, their children have been seized their women have been sterilized and raped they're in concentration camp there's forced labor and what we are seeing is we're seeing an MBA and a LeBron James who take a knee for justice on a knee pad mm. and with a shoe made by slave labor and Uyghur cotton uh, cotton in communist China.
0: Okay, let me ask you uh, one last question. We Last time you were on, um, I think, the radio program, we had just done a podcast with you where you laid out the, I can't remember, seven or eight steps uh, to the Holocaust. And you said you, you could have even all uh, seven steps in place, but still be a long way away from the Holocaust. So it doesn't guarantee anything. Have we since we spoke maybe a year ago? Are we closer or further away? Which direction are we headed? That's a weird time for it to cut off. Is he there? He's uh, there. There you Okay, there you are. Go ahead. The wrong direction. Okay, we're, if we're breaking up again. Let me just uh, take a quick break, see if we can get a better connection with him. Um, CarShield is our sponsor this half hour. Uh, well, I'm sorry, what is it? Built Bar? Oh, I could talk about Built Bar forever. Built Bar is delicious. In fact, let me show you. Uh, these are fantastic. These are puffs. Oh, they're so good they are so good marshmallow they're type like, of thing,
1: yeah right?
0: yeah they're marshmallow they're guilt-free 150 calories 17 grams of protein uh they are just so good so this is uh this is their uh, ruby chocolate puff bar it uh, mm. that's all i can say is mm. uh they are really really good they're candy bars now, they market them as protein bars, and that's, you know, what they really are. But I eat them, and they're candy bars. They are so good. Try Bilt.com. Use the promo code Beck 15 get 15% off your order. Promo code Beck 15% off now at built.com. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Truly, and you... You don't hear me say this, I don't think, uh, very often if ever, Uh, one of my real heroes in life today, and I think uh, the bravest man I know, and a guy who has dedicated his life to truth against all odds, uh, is Edwin Black, and I... I so respect him, and it's an honor to have him on the program again, uh, the host of the Edwin Black uh, Show, which is um, a a podcast, author of IBM and the Holocaust and the Farhood, uh, F-A-R-H-U-D, a must read for anybody who is interested in what's really going on in the Middle East, if you want to understand it. Uh, from the perspective of history. Edwin, um, you lined up all of the steps of the Holocaust. Can you go through those, what is it, seven or eight steps? Yes, I will,
3: but just to answer your question before we were cut off, whether we're getting closer or further away from the events that uh, occurred during World War II, the answer is we're going in the wrong direction. The first step that IBM outlined in concert with hit with hitler's request for a final solution was identification well everyone is now identified the second step wait wait
0: wait, is, wait and we are going worse on that this talk of these uh biometric passports is is really i mean that's hitler's dream yes um what uh
3: might occur over years has now taken place within a matter of months and that is the identification of everyone not only who they are who they know but where they are and probably where they have been and where they are going so step one is identification step two is exclusion once people are uh, are identified they're excluded from society in the case of of the Nazis, uh, the Jews were fired uh, f- uh, from their jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were kicked out of associations. Step three is expropriation, pauperization, special fines, uh, seizure of assets, a uh, criminalization of conduct with financial penal- penalties Wow
0: Ste- we have since we step- talked we have made massive progress in the wrong uh, direction on all three of those massive well
3: i just i i just heard that uh it might be austria i'm not sure one of one of the overseas countries is planning on finding people uh four thousand dollars if they have not yet been vaccinated uh, uh the next step after pauperization is ghettoization and i should say that in the Northern Territories of Australia, they're now speaking of creating camps yeah, they already, for the unvaccinated, yep. especially among the Aborigines. Yep. Uh, obviously, nobody wants to get into uh, step five and step six. Step five was deportation, and step six is extermination. IBM assisted in that but of course, that's not even a discussable matter at this point.
0: right. Um, and those last two, even if we have the even if we have six out of the seven, it's still not what the Nazis did, uh, and we still can turn it around. But it becomes more and more difficult because if you get the wrong people in power on either side, you get the wrong people in power, and they turn this machine on. And what happened over a decade and a half, or a decade for sure, in uh, Germany, uh, happens overnight. Overnight.
3: We are, we are uh, several horizons uh, away from an irretrievable step. Correct. Right now, there is absolutely time to uh, seize control of the situation, to reverse the situation. I was just writing yesterday that in my book, War Against Weak," which you know on, and I on, on eugenics, uh, in Connecticut in 1938, uh, the governor had organized a, progr- a program where people went door to door, made um, uh, a public health assessment of their, of their eugenic or genetic health, and then those who did not fare, they planned
0: to um, uh, to expel Into to a, the Ozarks to right. special camps. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Did you, I mean, if you yeah. haven't, if you don't know any of this, you need to read Edwin Black's books, um, IBM and the Holocaust, uh, uh, the, the War on the Week is unbelievable. Edwin Black, the Edwin Black Show. You can find his podcast everywhere. This is the Glenn Back program.